and welcome back to another episode of NAEMT Radio. I'm your host, Rob Lawrence, and I am delighted in this episode to welcome back our president, Susan Bailey. Susan, welcome back to NAEMT Radio. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here today. You kicked us off in episode one. Uh, I wanted to have a chat with you today because obviously there's a lot of things happening in the association. Also, you are now at month seven of your tenure, and uh, obviously, I want to just sort of pick up on a, on a couple of themes and issues. That sounds you know, great. Everyone coming in has a 100-day plan. You didn't have one of those. And, and why was that? Well, we were looking into the future, and, and I was looking at what can I accomplish in the first year. And we are on target for that. We have uh, set our uh, new Lighthouse Leadership um, mentees there in place. We have the ball rolling on our app for members that um, you can put it on your phone. You have access to uh, your membership. You have access to membership benefits. You will be notified when there are courses in your area. If you're interested in one of those NAEMT courses, you will be notified about advocacy efforts and you will also be notified uh, about your membership and uh, what the status of your membership is. That's great. And uh, so things are swimming along quite nicely. And uh, one of the reasons for having you back, as I said, is that there's so much going on. I figured it would be a good time to have. And if you remember back when we first uh, started the show off, Susan, I said, would you come back? And you very kindly said yes. So uh, here you are. So much going on, so much has happened in the last six months. And I wonder if I can just sort of go through the checklist, if you like, and uh, maybe you can give us all and the members a briefing as to where we are and where, what's happening in the organisation. And so let's do a quick fire and I'll throw a few topics at you and uh, give us all a briefing. So of course, advocacy, there's a lot happening on the Hill and in, on everybody's hills. Uh, what's going on right now? So we're very busy again. So we had EMS on the Hill earlier this year and over 200 people attended. 37 states were represented. And we talked about the Siren Act, which now has a House bill and a Senate companion bill, H.R. 4646 and Senate 265. We have sent letters to the Senate Health, Education, Labor and Pensions Committee, 18 senators signed on to this letter asking for an increase in siren funds uh, for for year 2024. We also are focusing on our EMS Counts Act of 2023, which was introduced in the House and Senate to require the Department of Labor to accurately count the number of EMS personnel in the country. And we're also advocating for Medicare extenders for three years to provide payments for EMS providers. So we had an advocacy campaign and over 5,000 emails were sent to Congress asking them to support these acts. So our online legislative services is on our NAEMT website. You click the advocacy tab. There are pre-formulated letters that you can just type in your information, send those informations to your legislators and your congressmen and your senators. And if you want to add something to that letter, you can all, you also have the ability to do that. So we continue. These are our three topics of focus right now because we feel that these are the most important for EMS at this time. That's great. And uh, rural areas, of course, getting need a lot of attention. I was looking through uh, the, the log that I keep of uh, closures and organizations in trouble. And we can see that there is a lot of rural uh, agencies in trouble, if not heading towards closure. And of course, that Siren is going to help that. I also note that uh, 
Uh, our friend Brian Gilby, who produced the uh, the product or produced the video "Honorable but Broken," which is sort of in its post production stages now, and I know a lot of NEMT board members uh, offered commentary and took part in that. I'm excited to see that uh, they've got an amazing narrator in Sarah Jessica Parker herself is uh, now narrating that. So when you get to see it eventually uh, broadcast and published uh, at SJP, if you follow her on Twitter is the narrator, uh, and uh, that's exciting, and, uh, and hopefully that will draw some attention to uh, some of our rural issues, perhaps. Yes, yeah, so unfortunately, we now have the term ambulance desert, and, um, you know, it's kind of catchy, but it's not a good term, and, and so we definitely need to continue our advocacy efforts. Indeed, and uh, actually, I'll put that link to the uh, Ambulance Desert article in the show notes. As a, as any everything we mention and anything we mention, don't forget, everybody, that uh, if Susan says something or I make a reference to a point, I always make sure that we put it in the show notes so you can log on and click in during or after we've, we've concluded the podcast. A few NAMT position statements. Uh, I found quite interesting to read the emergency support function um, discussion. And so highlight that for us, please. Sure. So currently, when a disaster strikes, EMS falls under the emergency support function eight, which is public health. And we have written a position statement that requests that um, FEMA designate an ESF for EMS under the National Response Framework. This would allow EMS to achieve leadership through EMS rather than public health. The recent pandemic reinforced the essential services that EMS offers to the community lifeline of our nation. And so we feel it's very important for us to be able to have our own emergency support function so that we can focus on what we do, which will be in collaboration with public health, but it could also be in collaboration with other ESFs and we will be able to function more independently. And uh, I'm certainly a great fan of emergency services framework. I used to lead ESF8 in Richmond for, for many, many years and uh, worked you know, hand in glove with our local public health department. But I think you're right. The pandemic brought out the fact that uh, we are that great health and social care safety net. And uh, we stepped in and did a lot. And to be fair, you know, public health got a hell of a bashing during the pandemic. And uh, I know a lot of a lot of uh, public health directors probably were either jumped or pushed out of their employment because of the just the situation. And so that is sad and a shame. But actually, I agree that we need to be our own uh, our own lead, if you like, in those emergency support function operations and opportunities. And so I'm with you there. Another one uh, which really interested me is fusion centres. And again, if you ever worked in emergency management or ever worked in, um, you know, unified command situations, having a fusion centre person there to be on top of the intelligence game is essential. How do we want to become involved? So NAEMT believes that the level and quality of participation by EMS in DHS fusion centres should be standardised across the national network to ensure that fusion centres have consistent access to information and intelligence collected by EMS. Standardized input from EMS would provide fusion centers with accurate real-time surveillance, promote better bi-directional flows of information between EMS and the fusion centers, improve the analysis capacity of fusion centers and improve responder situational awareness and safety. Fusion centers should work with EMS agencies through an agency appointed threat liaison officer 
trained in suspicious activity reporting to obtain local intelligence and in return provide relevant intelligence to disseminate back to the agents. And, uh, you know, I think we have eyes and ears. Every every truck has a set of two sets of eyes and two sets of ears. So seeing something and saying something is vital. Uh, the information, and obviously there are constraints within HIPAA, but actually there are reasons that you can share information. Now, there's a few surveys uh, been going on and, uh, you know, some great results, some interesting statistics and outcomes. So EMS economic and operational models. Uh, I certainly saw that one come through the, the, the airwaves. Yeah, we had 450 respondents from 47 states, two overseas territories and one tribal agency. It covered the respondents covered all types of provider models from delivery models, call volumes, demographic regions, serve staffing models, and a number of personnel. And it was very interesting to see the results and not surprising. Um, the biggest one was that there is a net increase in overall costs and it's a 8% increase across all categories with the biggest increase is 12% for supplies and equipment. And that's 12% increase from the 2019 statistics that we had collected. Most agencies reporting experience an increase in turnover rates. It's, uh, up from 8% in 2019 to 11% in 2022, and a decrease in applications, which is down on average of 13% compared to 2019. Most surprisingly to me is that 23% of the agencies transition from a dual paramedic to a single paramedic deployment on their ambulances, and 28% reported moving from an all ALS response to a tiered response. And so I think, you know, this is this is the new EMS. And as we know from years and years and years of running calls, not every call needs or requires a paramedic. And I think we now, with this workforce crisis, we have now um, been forced to face that reality. And we now have been forced to adjust our service models to fit the reality. I agree, Susan. I mean, as you know, I'm I'm an old EMS chief from the UK. And even back way back then, we had the rapid response EMT uh, in the in the fast car and uh you know, we can talk about lights and sirens and fast car, but uh, that that was that was their their role. And again, because some of the most life threatening things are a basic life support role, and so therefore there was no reason why they couldn't first respond. And obviously, the paramedic you know showed up with with the drug bag as such, and obviously the more advanced level of care. Um, you're right. I think we are starting to to realise that uh, we can remodel ourselves on you know other other nations and we should always you know take a point to look at how other people do it in order to work out well you know it's is what we're doing here in the u.s because someone has written it into the contract or there's there's some sort of contractual or conceptual idea that has been overtaken by medicine and overtaken by the ability to respond treat and safely uh, transport or indeed safely discharge the patient I always say, Susan, that, you know, it takes a whole generation to change, you know, a, a mindset or to change the way things are done. But I think we had a bit of a kick in the you know where from the pandemic. Absolutely. And, it forced us, and it forced us to rethink. And so in those two years of lockdown, we actually had to rethink. And it's almost Darwinism, right? Darwin said it's not the survival of the fittest. It's the survival of those that are willing to adapt. And so we're going through that Darwinistic process right now of adaption in order to survive. 
And so it's interesting to see, but it has to happen. And so, uh, you know, again, uh, I'm with you. Now, MIH and uh, community paramedic programs, we had a bit of a kick in, another kick in the you-know-where, of course, with the uh, demise or otherwise of ET3. And clearly, this will lead to, uh, we mentioned the demise of ET3, I suspect, to a position statement, which I'm sure you're going to tell me about. Yeah, so we did a survey uh, on mobile integrated health and community paramedic programs, and there was 199 responses, and 78 of those reported that they have an, their agency offered uh, an MIHCP program. Unfortunately, of those, 38 reported that they terminated their program due to loss of funding, staffing, or resources. And so I think that goes into why was ET3 canceled? Um, we know it was canceled. We don't know why it was canceled. So I, I do know NAEMT is formulating a letter to uh, ask for some more information, possibly ask for reconsideration on canceling. Um, that letter, again, is being drafted, and, and I really haven't seen the final product yet uh, to formally know what's there. But um, before it goes out, I will definitely know that. But when it comes to mobile integrated health, it's been proven that it does it is cost savings to whoever the contracted person or agency is, whether it's the hospital, whether it's the private payer, or whether it's CMS. It saves money. Instead of picking up the patient and transporting them to the hospital or to another approved facility every time, uh, it shows that treating these patients in their homes through telemedicine, through protocols, is saving money. So there's lack of sustainable funding. There's regulatory barriers. There's ongoing EMS workforce shortages. And all of these right now are issues that were revealed by this survey. And so, again, we're going to be working on why was ET3 canceled and continue to advocate that EMS be reimbursed for treatment in place and and transport to alternate destinations. Indeed. And that was one of our EMS on the Hill requests, tip and tad, treatment in place. Uh, Absolutely. Was, was certainly there. And I was chatting to uh, Matt Zavadsky a couple of weeks ago, and we were talking uh, pretty much the day that uh, the letter from CMS came out, you know, heralding the end of uh, ET3. And I think we had dinner that night, if I remember rightly, uh, down at the AAA conference in Vegas. Yes. You know, and the, the, the thing that struck me is that one of the things they said in their letter is because there's not enough data, therefore they can't estimate the costs, et cetera, et cetera. And I said to Matt that if it was flipped the other way around and they were coming in to do an audit and they sampled 25 EMS reimbursement bills or whatever, they would actually extrapolate that into the amount of money you owe CMS back, right? So why can't they do it in reverse? They've worked out we have this amount of data. Why can't they extrapolate the results out? So it works one way, but not the other. And so, you know, there's an irony there, but I'm sure, right. you know, that will all come out. And I'm sure, and I know that NEMT will issue the letter for all to see uh, once it's uh, edited, concluded, and signed off, I'm sure. Absolutely. Over three decades ago, PHTLS, pre-hospital trauma and life support, transformed the assessment and management of trauma patients in the field, improving quality of trauma patient care and saving lives around the world. The 10th edition of this trusted, comprehensive resource 
continues the PHTLS mission to promote excellence in trauma patient management by all pre-hospital care practitioners through global education. In the field, seconds count. The 10th edition of PHTLS Pre-Hospital Trauma Life Support teaches and reinforces the principles of rapidly assessing a trauma patient using an orderly approach, immediately treating life-threatening problems as they are identified and minimizing delays in initiating transport to an appropriate destination. To order your copy today, visit psglearning.com or follow the link in the show notes. Don't forget that whatever platform you're listening to this on, uh, look at your phone. There should be a check mark or a a hashtag in the top right-hand corner of your screen. If you hit that, it means you like and subscribe. And so every time that there is a new edition of the NEMT podcast coming out, then you can get notified and listen in to the latest from NEMT. I'm talking to President Susan Bailey, and uh, it's a pleasure to have you back on the show again. Um, Let's continue with our uh, discussion and workforce development. I saw another survey from our colleagues at uh, AAA, uh, the Newton 360 survey, where they said it's actually improving a little bit recruiting, but we're not there yet. We are not there yet. The good news is the pandemic offered EMS practitioners and alternative places to work. The bad news is it took practitioners off the ambulance. So we do have a crisis in EMS workforce shortage in EMS. I don't think there's a shortage of EMTs and paramedics. I think they've just been distributed and the number has not de- has not increased the availability of what's available for, for EMS and on the ambulance. So we um, have developed an, a workforce development page that offers resources to EMS agencies and to the various states that are affiliated with NAEMT. It is on our NAEMT home screen and the page shares creative solutions implemented by other EMS agencies, associations, and organizations on how they are promoting interest of the EMS profession, recruiting new EMTs and paramedics, and engaging and retaining the current workforce. So we're hoping that this page will give other people ideas on how to get new employees in and how to keep them. It's a major task right now, and uh, I know everybody is working hard. And perhaps the system redesign that we were talking about earlier, where we, we actually have a different type and number of workforce may actually help us uh, you know, reset the balance. And obviously, then we can stop that pipeline through to getting folk through uh, paramedic education as well. And so that's a, that's a good one. I'm going to skip on to education, actually. And uh, obviously, uh, PHTLS edition 10 is out. And just so you know that we've started to interview uh, authors of the various chapters, and we've had a few excellent discussions already. And again, a look back through the NEMT radio catalogue out there, everybody. And you can catch up some of the great discussions we've had with some of those authors. But uh, would you like to give it, a, give it another plug, Susan? Yes, the 10th ten, the edition has been published. Um, it's been highly successful. We've had good reviews, <laughs> and it continues to be our number one course offering for NAEMT. We also have the Mental Health Resilience Officer course that we've published an eight-hour classroom course, and this is in addition to the online course that's also available. So it's an option. It's not mandatory, and it's not in addition to the online course. It's either the classroom course or the online course. And our Mental Health Resilience Officer 
course, assists EMS agencies in building and supporting the mental health resilience of their personnel. So it's a really good course. I took it myself. I learned a lot about mental health, about how to help people and how to recognize people who may need some help. And then other courses that we have in development are our All Hazards Disaster Response. The second edition is in development. Geriatric EMS, the third edition is coming. A new course to help prepare EMS personnel to serve as their agency's EMS safety officer is in development. The AMLS fourth edition will be rolled out at EMS World, and we'll talk about some of those dates shortly. And PHTLS, the military textbooks, 10th edition is also in development. We are very busy with our education offerings. And again, we think it's very important to make sure that EMS practitioners receive the most up-to-date information when taking these courses. Great. And uh, let's go back to uh, something else that I wanted to talk to you about. And that's just member member benefits of being a member of NAMT. Um you start your week on a Monday. So membership Mondays, what are we offering? I would say there's about 30 different member benefits that are available. If you look on our website, uh, one thing I do want to say about that is to access the benefit, you have to access the website of the benefits you're seeking through NAEMT's website. If you go directly to the website, you will not get that discount. You have to access through NAEMT. So, but again, if there's there's uniforms, there's education, there's office equipment, there's computers, there's rental cars, there's travel, all kind of stuff on that website. And each each month on on Monday, uh, membership Monday, we will um, highlight some of those benefits. Great. And uh, yeah, to reiterate that, uh, I've just did, did some car rental. And of course, you have to go to the website to get to the car rental site and not to the car rental site, as you say. So exactly. Um, um, and and then there is benefit and discount, which, of course, these days is what we're looking for. Um, you, you touched on Lighthouse Leadership. Uh, we are already underway with Cohort 2. We're about to graduate Cohort 1 at uh, Expo coming up. That's exciting. In a previous edition of NAMT Radio, I had an amazing chat with the, the, the folk that are organizing, leading and mentoring at Lighthouse that talked about what you need to do to get prepared to apply and become a mentee. But I'm assuming we're going to be opening that up soon as well for cohort three. Correct. We'll be preparing for cohort three. So if that's something that's of interest to anyone, please go back to the previous podcast and hear that or be looking for NAEMT correspondence on how you can apply for cohort three. And uh, as a, a, a mentee in the Lighthouse Leadership, you have access to extra curricular education, extra webinars, extra seminars, and uh, there's some great things going on. So get involved with that. But also there are webinars and seminars for the wider membership as well, right? Absolutely. We've been offering free webinars with CE credit to our members. And these topics have a wide range. So they could be economic and operational models, best practices in coordinating education courses, navigating CMS compliance with Medicaid supplemental payments, pre-hospital stroke assessments and treatments, cyber security and readiness and response, 
there's so many different offerings um, and you don't have to take all of them. You don't have to listen to all of them. You can find what's interesting, what interesting to you and um, it's free for our members to do that as well. And like every other uh, organization and conference and uh, thing out there, we have an app now. We're getting it. We uh, are still in the planning stages. Of course, it's, it's going to be a, a large undertaking and so we are seeking rfps to find out you know what where we can get the most economical process for naemt however you know i i'll I'll just say this and you might want to edit but um you know the the least expensive is not always the best option so again we're going to be looking for the most economical model which is going to be the best bang for our buck. So we want to make sure that it includes um, notifying NAEMT members of courses that are in their area, notification of advocacy campaigns, membership status, and access to have uh, mem- have access to membership benefits right from your phone. You don't have to actually get on the computer. Having just broke my polls on the trek I was on. And they were the cheap polls. I have to say, you're right. You get what you pay for. So uh, don't, right. uh, <laughs> don't go for the for the cheap option. So I look forward to getting an update on that, uh, Susan. Obviously, as the app, the mobile app, comes into play, because as you say, you know, it's going to have notifications, advocacy campaigns, membership status, access to member benefits, and so everything's going to be in there uh, in a one stop shop, which is pretty cool. Um, To conclude, we're all getting together soon, and uh, it's coming up quick. I haven't realized uh, I had to book my hotel room before we we ran out of room block space, but uh, Expo is upon us soon, and obviously that means annual general meeting. It means graduation of Lighthouse and much, much more. Yes, we are excited, and I'm excited that uh, EMS World Expo and our NAEMT annual meetings will be in my home state in Louisiana in New Orleans September 18th through the 22nd I'm looking forward to seeing everyone uh you know I'm excited that everything's kind of getting back to normal back to face-to-face visits and and uh networking with everybody so uh on September 19th we'll have our 12th annual uh world world trauma symposium so that's always good. We have um, trauma experts from around the world come speak speak at the trauma symposium. So I encourage you to attend that. Our general meet, our general membership meeting will be September nineteenth in the evening. We'll find we'll give another recap of what NAEMT has done. We'll also have our award ceremony, giving out in awards to individuals who are highly deserving, and then we also have pre conference classes going on on September 18th and 19th. We have the All Hazards Disaster Response Provider class and the AMLS rollout of the fourth edition will also be a pre-conference workshop. Great. So just to recap, the dates are September the 18th to the 22nd at the New Orleans a convention center, as Susan said, uh, it's on home territory for her. It is, without doubt, one of the largest EMS uh, shows uh, in the world, and uh, you will get to meet folk from any. In fact, you'll get to meet NEMT members from all over the world. And I know that uh, every year there's an international reception 
for our friends and colleagues from around the planet that are also NAM team members, right, Susan? We have several NAM team members that come to the EMS World Expo, and it's always a delight to hear what they're doing with our educational courses and things like that. And we, it's so much fun to talk to them at our international reception and hear what's going on with them. Yep, I was just on vacation in Venice, and to their, their ambulances are boats, and they go fast. And uh, you know, there's always a discussion about who wants to be the ambulance driver. If I'm in one of those boats in Venice, I want to be that ambulance driver. But it was, <laughs> it was amazing to watch them zoom past. And uh, uh, anyway, that's uh, that's pretty cool. And uh, yeah, about seven and a half thousand people attend expo and so please make sure you're one of them because it's a chance to take part in all of the NAMT activity it's a chance to take part in some amazing education and it's a chance to walk the halls and see what the latest and greatest is and also just to network we're all going to be there um and i said this on another podcast but the reason you have a big name tag with your first name in on a in big letters is because i want you to walk up and go hello susan i'm rob pleased to meet you that's how you network it's how you make friends it's how you develop your own network and your colleagues so you know if you see the rob or the susan walk up and say hi because that's what this is all absolutely about. yeah indeed uh we're about yeah. on time uh, susan so any final thoughts uh, from you, President Bailey? You know, these last seven months have been so exciting, have been so busy, have been so educational, um, enlightening. I've learned so much about EMS. You know, even though I've been doing it for 32 years, I've still learned more Um about EMS and about what's going on throughout the nation and throughout the world. And it's it's been an exciting journey, journey, and I'm looking forward to the next 18 months and, you know, finishing my presidency. I'm not looking forward to it ending, but I'm looking forward to the journey to get to that end because I think it's been great. And, you know, again, any NAEMT member can always reach out to us. Um, the email address is on our website. And if you have any comments, any suggestions, we're all those are always welcome. So please feel free to do that. That was a great tongue twister. Any NEMT member. That's you right. Just, you That's just right. have to say it quickly, right? But uh, yeah, if you want to reach out, uh, of course, everyone is available and accessible to you. And every resource, uh, whether it's in the show notes or not, is available at NEMT.org. Um, so for the moment, thank you for coming back and checking in with us, Susan. I really appreciate that. And uh, again, open invite, but I'll come and track you down in a, in a few more months. Uh, and, and maybe we can actually record some content at Expo as well and, and check in and see how it's going too. That would be, be fun if we could do that. Absolutely. And it's been my pleasure to be here. Thank you very much. So that was another edition of NAMT Radio uh, with our president, Susan Bailey. Uh, she's brought us up to date, up to speed on what's going on. Obviously, there is never nothing to do at NAMT or indeed in EMS. And so please uh, follow along. Please join if you're not a member. You're just listening because you're curious as to what's going on. Uh, we'd love to have you as a member. Um, that's it for now. Uh, we'll be back very, very soon. We produce uh, an episode about every two weeks uh, with the latest and greatest from NEMT and from around the EMS world, uh, whether it's operational, whether it's technical, whether it's medicine. We're all up for a discussion here. So for the moment, I'd like to thank my guest, Susan Bailey. I've been Rob Lawrence. This has been NEMT Radio. Don't forget, hit like and subscribe. And until next time, bye for now. 